the Devi Debate Draft Profile Show. Quarterback. Standing strong in the pocket, winds up down the field. Oh, he put the biscuit in the basket. When I'm looking at the quarterback position, it all comes down to the feet. You want to see what they're doing in the pocket, whether it's clean, whether they're under pressure, what they do when they get outside of the pocket. Can they make those off-platform throws? How good is their arm? Can they fit it into those tight windows? Running backs. And he's got an opening. Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? talking about running back for fantasy football you have to be able to do one you have to be one of two things but preferably both either one you are deployed in the passing game or two you are a tremendous size adjusted athlete those are the only two things that exist on the top of the food chain in fantasy football at running back being able to catch the ball wide receivers you got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. So what do I look for when I'm evaluating wide receivers? There are really kind of three or four things that I like to look for when I'm watching these guys. The big one is how do they win? And I want to see a guy that can either win constantly in multiple ways, but if they can't. We are back with our Debbie Debate Draft Profiles, and this is a show that I've been looking forward to for a long time. We've been putting it off and putting it off, but I think the gloves are going to come off in this one. I don't know. Bruning's a little bit tired tonight, so maybe... uh, we waited until he had a docile night, yeah, and then we decided yeah. we were going to yeah, do yeah. this. We, we waited. We waited until Texas froze over to do this. Smart on your show. guys' part. Smart. So we're doing quarterbacks today. Of course, I've got Zach Wilson. Of course, Burning has Justin Fields, and Austin is going to take Trevor Lawrence. So, Austin, let's kick it off to you to start off and tell us about tell us about Trevor Lawrence, the presumptive number one overall pick. So we've, we've been going into background and stuff on these guys before we talk too much about what they did in their collegiate career. So I, I can do that a little bit with Trevor Lawrence, even though I feel like at this point, you know, he's been an Uber, you know, considered an Uber prospect for forever. So I think by this point, everyone kind of knows who he is. Um, born in Tennessee, ended up moving to Georgia for high school to play football. Um, and he played at Cartersville High School, which is located in Cartersville, Georgia. And started as a sophomore there, I believe, for the first time. And that, I mean, as a true sophomore in high school, he threw for 3,000 yards and 26 touchdowns, which is more than a lot of guys throw for in like their entire high school career. And it only really got better from there for him. He threw for about 3,900 yards and 51 touchdowns as a G. Oh, no, sorry. I have these complete backwards. So I'm as a freshman, he threw for 3,000 yards and 26 touchdowns as a sophomore, 3,600 yards and 43 touchdowns. And then as a junior, he put up 
about 4,051 touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, just absolutely destroyed high school, 41 straight victories, two state championships, won his region every year he was there, uh, broke pretty much every Georgia state football record you can possibly have as a quarterback, at least all the good ones. Uh, which were held actually by Deshaun Watson, who, you know, he kind of followed up there as, uh, at Clemson. Um, so it, it that's almost fitting that he basically went and broke everything that Deshaun Watson did in high school and then went to Clemson and basically outperformed him there. He was a five-star quarterback. And if you go back and look through his ranking with 24-7, as early as 2015, they had him as like a 100-rated number one guy in the class. Like he basically was was viewed as perfect at that point and ended up with a 0.9999 rating in the composite, which is the second highest quarterback all time, I believe, behind Vince Young, who was a perfect one and is the sixth rated or sixth highest rated prospect at any position, according to the composite. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, this guy has been heralded as the next big thing for forever. And sometimes I think it's more impressive when these guys are, are labeled that way and then go out and perform and meet those expectations. And I think in some ways, Trevor Lawrence maybe has even exceeded what we expected him to do, you know, call it the, the LeBron type of, of, um, you know, development path. So, so that's, that's basically Lawrence's high school obviously went to Clemson took over there as a true freshman partway through the year, really pushed um, uh, Kelly Bryant out who ended up having to transfer to Missouri and was pretty much the guy there, won a national championship as a freshman, uh, made the college football playoff every year that he was in college, and then just generally tore college apart. I mean, I think we realized pretty quickly that he was probably going to be the first overall pick in the NFL draft, and I think that he he pretty much just kind of solidified that the past two years. He's, he's completed a 65% or better of his passes every single year. Uh, been very consistent in yardage and yards per attempt, all those kinds of good things. Uh, pretty similar touchdown interceptions ratios every year. I mean, the guy. There's literally very there are very few things you can look at this kid from a you know statistical standpoint and say that he underperformed in some way. Um, beyond passing, I mean, he is a fairly good rushing threat as well. He had about 200 yards as a freshman, 500 yards as a sophomore and 200 again as a senior. And for those that don't know, college rushing totals for quarterbacks include yardage that was incurred during sacks. So those totals include all the yardage he lost when getting sacked. So, I mean, the yardage numbers would look even better if you, if you didn't have that included. Well, his Uh, best rushing season is better than any rushing season that Justin Fields has had. Is it really? I actually did not know that. Um, it doesn't really surprise me, though, because I feel like the Ohio State never really wanted Fields to leave the pocket that much. Really, you know, not not downfield, at least, where I think that Trevor Lawrence kind of had the green light. Do you get that same sense from from watching this? I do. I, I do, but I also think that Fields is naturally deliberate and intentional and calculated, whereas um, both Wilson and Lawrence are a little more natural. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably pretty fair. Um, yeah, so um, I, not to butt in, but um, no. so uh, Fields' best season was 354 yards, and obviously Lawrence had one with 407. So uh, as a matter of fact, you know, there's only there's only two seasons that we're really counting is 2019 and Fields, 2019 and 2020. Uh, in 20, 
19, he had 354 yards. Um, oh, say, oh, hold on, hold on. That's actually that's actually attempts. Uh, I'm sorry, he had 400, 484 rushing yards. 484 rushing yards, and uh, in uh, and in 2019, um, uh, Lawrence had 563. So, um, yeah, I mean, he showed a little bit more rushing ability in the field. That's I. It, it's I think it's just interesting to me that. Lawrence is not considered the dual threat that Fields is when statistically uh, he's been he's been he's been better than Fields. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think regardless any of the guys we talk about tonight, you're talking about the modern quarterback for the NFL. You know, mobile, bigger arm, it can do a lot of different things outside of structure. And I think that's where watching. I mean, I guess I'll start with you know Trevor Lawrence's scouting report there. Um, that I think he's very comfortable in the pocket, but he's also very comfortable out of the pocket. He can roll right and left. He is a right-handed quarterback, but he can roll either direction. And I think, you know, he can get the the shoulder square and really get, you know, enough enough you know torque on the ball to to pretty much hit whatever he wants moving either direction, which is, you know, obviously, like I said, that's that's the modern NFL. If you can do that, you're setting yourself up pretty well to start off with. Um, when I, I, my first note on him, I say, when he gets into his groove, he has total control over the offense. And when I I really mean like a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady control of the offense, you can just see that it, everything is flowing through him. And, uh, at times I, that I think so, there were times where that Clemson offense would have really struggled if not for Trevor Lawrence, just kind of taking the game by the reins and directing it where he wants to go. And that is some of the highest praise I think you can give to any quarterback um, because it's not a lot of guys that can do that or show that um, even in college. And I think he can probably do it in the NFL as well. Uh, his, I, I mean, the next one I have, he throws with some of the best touch that you'll see from a college QB prospect. And I think that he didn't always have to show it because he played with a lot of big bodied receivers that were big and fast and could get open downfield. So he did not necessarily have to always put the perfect touch on it. He could kind of do a little bit of go up and get it. But I think with, there were times when he had to. And it, I mean, I think that his ability to do that amongst the quarterbacks in this class is also unrivaled. He... <sighs> His arm strength is good to great. It's not a cannon. I think, you know, he showed it at his pro day again last week. I think he has a very good arm, and I think he can probably throw 360 yards fairly comfortably if he can step into a throw, but it's not the Mahomes, Josh Allen, even possibly uh, Russell Wilson-level arm is probably just a tick below that, which is still obviously an upper-tier arm for the NFL. Um. Arm talent is evident on balls at on passes at every single level of the field. I think he's comfortable throwing short, intermediate, long, and has basically perfected the level of loft, power, and accuracy to all three of those levels. He can work out a shotgun or under center effectively. They asked him to do a little bit of both there, although obviously he was out of the shotgun a little bit more. And at his best, he is a very good anticipatory thrower. Now, I will say sometimes he does, and I, I'm not exactly sure what his thought process is because I think his first negative is that he sometimes gets locked, locked onto a read, and I agree with that. I think sometimes he does. I can never tell if he he knows he knows what the defense is doing before the play, and he knows what he can do 
and he just decides before the snap is even is it, it, the ball's even snapped where he's going, and he kind of just goes with it. I think that is the case a lot of the time. Now, whether that will work quite as well in the NFL or not, I would venture to guess no, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, and the other con I have for him, and these cons are like when you go to an interview and they're like, what are the worst things about you? And you're <laughs> I like, work too I hard. work too hard. I care too <laughs> yeah. much. Like, like those are the cons on Trevor Lawrence, but that's really the level of prospect he is. Because the other one I have is he's so talented and that he knows that he can fit a ball in wherever he'd like that sometimes he just decides to say F it and does what he wants. And again, whether that will work in the NFL or not, I'm not 100% sure, but some of the great quarterbacks have done that in the NFL. You know, they just say, my arm is better than whatever you're going to do, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this, and they do it. And I think that's what makes a great quarterback great, and I think he's going to be able to do that in the NFL. Um, I have him comped, so there's not really a good NFL comp for him, in my opinion. I have him listed as if Matt Ryan could run because I think he is that level of accurate and that level of cerebral and that level of, you know, just knowing the ins and outs of an offense, but he also can run like we were just talking about. I mean, his best rushing season is better than any rushing season than Justin Fields had in college. Um, So I think, you know, that's a very, very, very dangerous player and maybe one that we, Uh, for all the great quarterbacks, you know, we've seen in the NFL, we haven't seen like even Mahomes, you know, I don't think is the level of mobile that Trevor Lawrence is now, obviously his arm is better, but you know, like the mold that Trevor Lawrence is, is very, very rare in the NFL. They do not come around often. So it is, it's very hard to come up with a player that I think he's like, but if I had to, to say, I would say mobile Matt Ryan. Austin, I think that he's going to walk in to the NFL and be, for fantasy purposes, be a top eight-ish fantasy option. I mean, is that fair? Yeah. I mean, we saw Joe Burrow do it this year, and I think he's a lot better than Joe Burrow. I mean, obviously, some of Joe Burrow was uh, circumstances and the fact that that team was crap and they were behind 30 all game. You know, Trevor Lawrence might not have that same situation. But, yes, I think he can easily be a quarterback one as a rookie. And then you think about the supporting cast in Jacksonville with LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark and um, uh, the tight end from San Diego State whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and then there's wide receivers and offensive options in this class that they could add to. You know, Jacksonville could be – dangerous in that division with Tennessee and uh, Indianapolis and Houston. I mean, the division isn't necessarily that strong. I think Jacksonville could potentially surprise next year with Trevor Lawrence um, being a, a, a rookie starter, similar to how Cam Newton was as a rookie. Cam Newton came in, you know, gangbusters and played really well right out the gate. And I think we could see something similar from Trevor Lawrence. Um, looking at the top 10 finishers, in fantasy uh, this year. Let's start with number five, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill's number seven, Tom Brady, number eight, Justin Herbert, number nine, Lamar Jackson, 10, Kirk Cousins, 11. I mean, I think that, you know, in redraft, for the purposes of redraft, that you're going to take Trevor Lawrence, you know, somewhere around the ninth and 12th quarterback uh, off the board. That's just me. I mean, he adds the, um, the rushing element that I think we're probably going to see more of as a rookie quarterback. And I mean, he's the thrower that Austin described. He can make any throw. So, um, and on top of that, on top of that, 
Urban Meyer, Jacksonville, that's a good situation. I think it's better a better situation than you'd often see from a, a number one overall pick uh, going to a team. So, um, so we'll see there. We'll see there. Are we ready to get into Zach? Zach Wilson, can I can I t- t- go over? No, I haven't even been able to give my thoughts on Trevor Lawrence yet. Oh, go, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Sleepy Man. Go ahead. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that I – he's going to be a, a, a QB1. I don't disagree with that. I don't – I think eight's too high. I don't know. Maybe maybe um too down on him. I mean, you guys said that Joe Burrow came in and lit it up. I mean, I, I know he got hurt. So if you just go by points per game, he averaged 17 points per game. That was like 15th best in the NFL this past year. And that's not even counting some of the guys that I think would have been probably not as good. So I, I don't like, I didn't count Marcus Mariota because he only played what the one game, but I mean, he had guys like Dak Prescott, uh, who's obviously uh, – I'm not going to count Gardner Minshew, so 14 actually. But, yeah, Drew Brees was better than him. Carson Wentz was right there with him. Cam Newton was better than him on a points-per-game basis. Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, list goes on and on. And, and I don't know that – Trevor Lawrence going into Urban Meyer's offense. I do think that they're going to run him a little bit, which helps, you know, the, my biggest issue with what some of the things you guys were talking about with Trevor Lawrence, I think Austin kind of mentioned it was Clemson's offense leaned more into Trevor Lawrence's running ability than Ohio State's did with Justin Fields. I don't think it's fair at all to say that he's a better athlete or runner than Justin Fields. I, I don't see that at all. When Trevor Lawrence gets into the open field, he's got that long stride, which he eats up yards. Uh, but outside of that, he runs like Bambi got shot in the ass. He's not a very athletic runner or very graceful either. Justin Fields looks just like a a ballerina out there on the field running. So I think there's a very big difference between them running the ball, but uh, I'll save that just because the stats say Trevor Lawrence was better on the other side. My one con on Trevor Lawrence that was not mentioned. Uh, Austin did talk about how he seems, he, he seems to know where he's going with the ball. Sometimes I don't know if that's him reading the defenses or if he predetermines where he's going. And, and I don't, I can't say for sure. So that I can't really knock him for that. Because I don't know, for me, sometimes it looks like he just decides before the ball is even snapped, he knows where he's going with the ball, and that's not going to work in the NFL. But I don't know if that's the offense, because you do have a lot of people who obviously come out and say the Clemson's offense, and if you look at it, he's got one of the guys who gets the ball quicker than anybody else, and some of that I do think is designed by Clemson's offense. But I can't knock Lawrence for that, because I think his talent is better than just saying he's a one-read quarterback, like, some people have said in, in, in articles, I'm not going to say that because Trevor Lawrence is, is one of the best prospects we've ever seen. I'm not going to deny that. My issue with him, though, is I do think he struggles with the deep ball. I, I do not think he's as accurate as other people. Like, I would put, I really hate it saying this, Zach Wilson as the number one in this class and Justin Fields second by far. I do not think Trevor Lawrence is that good throwing the deep ball. I think he throws it too high on some guys. He does not throw it in the right placement. If you watch some plays, you'll have guys running down the field and he'll throw it behind them. Receivers have to come back to the ball. Doesn't hit guys in stride like you see Wilson and Fields do. That is my biggest issue, actually, with Trevor Lawrence going deep. Uh, no, no Ian Book. Ian Book is not – I don't I don't even watch Ian Book because I don't care. He sucks. So, But for me, that's my biggest knock on Trevor Lawrence, though, is is maybe not necessarily the, the predetermining reads because I don't know for sure if that's what he's really doing. 
I, I'm not there. I don't know what the offensive play calls are, but throwing the deep ball, I think he struggles more than the other two guys we're going to talk about today. And I do think that that could come back and bite him a little bit in the NFL. In Superflex, he's obviously going to go 101. Um, in rookie non, yeah, yeah, in rookie, yep, in rookie drafts. Um, in non Superflex, I mean, I don't have a problem with anyone taking him between, you know, five and as as high as five, uh, if you want to get a quarterback uh, that you can build around for the next ten years. I mean, as long as Trevor Lawrence wants to play, he's going to be playing for a long time. Um, any issue with taking him in non Superflex as high as five? five? Yes, big time. I got two for the for the podcast audience. I've got two people shaking their heads that yes, yes, they have a problem with that. Go ahead, Bruni. Uh, I just don't see the point. There's too much value in this draft class. If this was last year's class, or no, last year's uh, 2022's class because it's perceived to be weaker, maybe. Right now, if you're talking about, again, I hate throwing, like giving you more bullets in the chamber here with Zach Wilson, but if you're telling me you can get Justin Field and Zach Wilson in the second round and I can take a Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, all those, any of those guys at five, and then get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson in the second round, you can miss me with Trevor Lawrence. I could care less because Justin Fields and Zach Wilson can be playing for 10 years too, and I think they're going to be just right there with them. I, I don't think – for me, Zach Wilson is is a step below those top two guys. I don't – but I could see Wilson putting up just as many points when it comes to fantasy because of what his skill set is. So I don't see that big of a gap fantasy-wise and what those three guys are going to do at the next level to take Lawrence as the fifth pick in a rookie draft. Austin, you're in a 12-team non-superflex league, and you have a need at quarterback. How high or where? what range would you be comfortable taking uh, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I feel like this is the tight end argument from this year all over again, just like you know, like the different circumstances where why would I take Kyle Pitts at like 106 when I can take Pat, Pat Fryermuth or Brevin Jordan in like the mid to late second? I think it's the same thing with Trevor Lawrence with Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or maybe even you know Trey Lance. Maybe you can swing for the fences with that kind of guy and take him later. Um, so I I couldn't take him that high. Um, but I'm also I don't play in any single quarterback league, so like my opinion on that is probably not worth particularly much. Well, let's talk a little bit about that player that you could take later in Zach Wilson. Coming out of Draper, Utah in 2017-2018, his family, they are all Utah Utes, diehard Utah Utes. His uncle, David Dealman, is the founder of JetBlue and is a Utah booster. You, that didn't get Utah to look at him. Um, and as a matter of fact, BYU didn't look at him until very late in the process. He was all signed up and ready to go to uh, Boise State, but Kalani Sataki and the Cougars got involved late, and uh, Zach Wilson ends up going to BYU. Now, um, it's interesting because his freshman season, 2018, he ends up starting, taking the starting job from Tanner Magum, a 25-year-old two-year starter, and he showed some promise. He showed some promise, probably um, the best game, uh, of his freshman season was his the bowl game, the Idaho Potato Bowl against Western Michigan Kalamazoo stand up where he went 18 for 18 <laughs> with a couple of touchdowns and just looked good pushing the ball down the field, um, pushing up the vertical seam, you know, improvising, making some plays off script. The thing about Zach Wilson that you saw very early on 
was an NFL level arm talent, specifically to the sideline um, on opposite hash throws. And again, uh, down he tends to struggle in the intermediate middle, and I think that's a result of his height. But uh, down the field vertically, you saw him succeed with those type of throws as a 19 year old freshman. Um, and we're going to talk about Justin Fields. I don't really, maybe, maybe Bruning can say what uh, Justin Fields was doing in 2018. So um, in 2019, Zach Wilson uh, had surgery to repair the labrum in his right shoulder in January of 2019. So this is a sophomore season. Didn't participate in spring ball as he rehabbed. And then it didn't start the season off well at all against those Utah Utes played poorly in that first game. September of 2019, he fractures his thumb, making a tackle against Toledo. Just a, a bad season. And the so then we get to 2020. 2020 is the season where he explodes. He has the Joe Burrow-esque type season uh, that to elevate him into the top five conversation. Well, what happened? The pandemic happened. And it was a blessing for Zach Wilson uh, and some of his teammates because they made the trip to California to practice with John Beck in, in the group at 3DQB. Now, 3DQB is one of these quarterback guru places. John Beck is is a mentee of Tom House. Tom House, who's the baseball guy, but who's also trained uh, Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees. He calls himself like a movement scientist or something like that. And so John Beck comes from that uh comes from that that lineage and that's who Zach Wilson trained with this year in addition to being healthy not having any surgeries what have you what have you and so i think it's you know we saw the result of that work those drives between Provo and i think it's in it's in LA uh uh to to train and what the result of that was and what the result of that was is Zach Wilson completing 73.5% of his passes while averaging 11. Oh, 11 11 yards per attempt he's patiently aggressive he pushes the ball down the field he is aggressive out of structure and off platform you get him you get him pressured and he is he continues to look down the field yeah, the opposite hash arm strength is probably the second best in this class. I think that you see it a little bit more with Trevor Lawrence, but just uh, but uh, uh, Zach Wilson has it also. The cons are obvious: his level of competition. He had a bad 2019 season coming off that shoulder su- surgery and the fractured hand. I don't think that he's listed as six three two fifteen. I don't think that he's six three. I wouldn't be surprised if when he got measured if they saw he was between six one and six two. He's definitely six two. I don't think that he's he's six three. He can have issues throwing over the middle of the, of the field in that intermediate range, and I think that that's due to his height. I think it's going to be important for a team to protect him in the middle. So that center, left guard, right guard combo that's going to be important for Zach Wilson. It's good. You can't. He can't be pressured right up the middle. But no quarterback really can. But I think it's going to be specifically important for. Uh, Wilson, it's kind of the way the Saints protect Drew Brees, make sure he doesn't get per, um, pressure up the middle. And I think that you're going to see deeper dropbacks for um, Zach Wilson the way you do with Drew Brees because of a, a, an issue with with seeing over the line. 
Um, but he is he's majestic at times. He's majestic at times with how he can deliver the ball outside of structure uh, and just make plays happen. I think that Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, they're both artists, okay? But Justin Fields, he went to the right school. They told him how to draw the lines, what everything was supposed to look like. And Zach Wilson is the graffiti artist who wasn't trained um, in some traditional uh, uh, institution. And, and Zach Wilson is inconvenient. You know, I think that the basis for a lot of uh, analysis about the Justin Fields, um, Zach Wilson comparison is, well, we've seen Justin Fields since since he was, he was 14 years old. And our ranking said that he was the number two quarterback since this time. Zach Wilson's inconvenient. He's Eric Killmonger. He's the joker. He doesn't have time for your established institutions and your precious recruiting rankings. And so that's, but it seems like the NFL is agreeing with the, with Zach Wilson's talent level, because I mean, it's some puffing, but we heard Matt Miller say that some folks think that he's better than Trevor Lawrence. I don't, I don't, but uh, some folks in the NFL do. And it's because you can see him make the plays outside of structure pushing the ball downfield. Um, he does some things better than Justin Fields. His clock is better than Justin Fields. I think that his improvisational skills are better than Justin Fields. All things being equal, if you, if, if everything's perfect, Justin Fields might be your guy. If you can, if you have seven seconds to throw, I think Justin Fields might be your guy. But in the modern NFL, um, I, I just I, I like what Zach Wilson does. I've I don't have a comp myself for him. I haven't developed a comp my own, so I'm going to steal two: one that I can source, the other one that I can't. Uh, someone called him Baker Mayfield with better mobility, and the Saturday to Sunday podcast they've compared him to Tony Romo. Um, I think that I like the Tony Romo comp. I think that he has better arm strength than Tony Romo. So that's Zach Wilson. And we talked about the supporting cast in Jacksonville. We should consider the supporting cast in New York with Denzel Mims. And uh, that's it. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what else is there. That's what's going to suck is I was high on Justin or excuse me, on Zach Wilson very early because I'm like, all right, here is someone who is going to go in the middle of the first round. A team that wants him is going to be able to trade up for him. He's going to land in a good situation like New, New Orleans maybe or San Francisco. And now he's going to go number two overall to the Jets. I don't know that that would be a good situation for anyone. Uh, I do like Robert Sala though, but the cupboard seems to be that bare, at least offensively there. So that's Zach Wilson. Um, you're going to be able to take him, what, three, four? I mean, if I'm in a draft with you guys, I'll probably get him at six overall in a super flex league. Second um, round. Yeah, second round. So, uh, or, or you know. But um, he's got he's got attractive traits, and there's a reason – 
that this buzz is surrounding him. He played well as a freshman. He played really well as a freshman. And in as a sophomore in 2019, he dealt with surgery on his throwing shoulder. He dealt with a fractured hand. And so I think it's excusable, and we saw him blow up this year. So um, with that, I'll take any of your questions. Matt, Matt. do you have any questions for me? Okay, Matt. Matt's silent. Uh, you want me to go first? I mean, yeah. so – find it very curious that we're allowed to make all these excuses for Zach Wilson and his injuries, but we can't ever talk about Justin Fields. I don't know, tearing his MCL and still leading the, the Buckeyes back to a big 10 national championship, almost beating Trevor Lawrence in a playoff game. <laughs> Whatever. That doesn't matter. Right. Can't believe the dude goes out there and breaks two ribs and then comes back a play later, fires an absolute missile into the corner of the end zone for a touchdown leads the Buckeyes to an absolute ass kicking of Clemson, but that doesn't matter. Right. doesn't matter. It's Justin Fields. He's, always going to be there. He's expected to be there because he's, we've known that since he was two years old, since his mom named him, Justin Fields, he's going to be a great prospect. No, it's crap. It's a bunch of crap. And I get sick of it. But anyways, what I do find interesting about Zach Wilson there is I have nothing really to disagree with you on. He is a phenomenal prospect. I've, I've said that from the beginning. I just don't think he's as good as Justin Fields. He is very sexy. He makes a lot of very good plays. And I think the, Issue I have with him is people see Patrick Mahomes and they think that's what Zach Wilson is going to be because he's made a couple sidearm throws or he breaks out of the pocket and makes great throws. I will agree with you. One of the most impressive things I like about him is exactly what Felix said in his, his breakdown of him is throwing hash to hash for when he gets all the way out of the pocket, sees whether it was Dax or whoever open on the complete other side of the field, absolute missile right to him. That's phenomenal. That's a, that's a NFL quarterback in the making right there. He doesn't do it all the time. His accuracy comes in spurts, in my opinion. There are some games he goes out there and he is on absolute fire. I swear that dude could fit a a football in it. Well, I was going to make a very derogatory statement there. I mean, it, literally in the size of like a donut. He, I mean, the dude's accuracy can't miss. And other times, I feel like dude can't hit the broad side of a barn. Maybe that's all quarterbacks. I don't notice that with Trevor Lawrence. I don't notice that with Justin Fields. Do they miss like a throw? Yes, they don't miss multiple throws. I agree with what Felix just said. My comp for him was Tony Romo when we talked about him earlier in the year. So I'll say, uh, Austin, you comped uh, Trevor Lawrence to Matt Ryan with more more mobility. Well, Matt Ryan's a whole lot better than Tony Romo, and I like Tony Romo. My comps, which I'll just say him right now, even though we haven't talked about Justin Fields, is Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Both those guys are a whole lot better than Tony Romo. So why are we putting a guy whose ceiling, I think, if we have already seen, I don't think he's going to get much better than what we've already seen in college. We have not seen the ceiling of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. So I don't understand why Zach Wilson keeps getting put in this argument with these two guys. He's just not there. He doesn't have their talent. I'm sorry. He doesn't. He's a great quarterback. He's going to be good in the NFL. I think he's going to consistently be in that 13 to 16 range with Mac Jones, actually. And I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch on Sundays. Whether he goes to the New York Jets, goes to, I don't know, the Detroit Lions. I'm trying to think of other teams right up there that are picking at quarterbacks. My biggest issue with everything Felix said right there, he doesn't want him to go to the New York Jets because all they have is, well, I don't know, Denzel Mims. That's really it. Maybe they bring in another another wide receiver. Good quarterbacks raise the level around the around them. Every single player, they raise those players up. When Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, 
Jacksonville may not win six games next year. That team is going to look a whole a hell of a lot better with Trevor Lawrence there. Justin Fields goes to New York Jets, goes to the Detroit Lions, goes whoever. That team's going to look a whole of a hell of a lot better with Justin Fields there. I don't have to worry about what the talent is around him because Justin Fields is going to raise that talent around him. I don't have to make the excuse of, well, I need Zach Wilson to go to a good team like the San Francisco 49ers or somebody else so that he can look good because Justin Fields is going to make everyone else around him look good. Go ahead, Austin. Floor is yours. Or Felix, if you want to rebuttal, whichever. I mean, I, I think that I think that Justin the reason why we're seeing Justin Fields ranked third or fourth in some of these, you know, qu- quarterback rankings is that he might have a fatal flaw. And it's just the fact that it takes him um so long to do just about everything. I mean um, it's very so <laughs> he holds on to the ball. We know that it seems like his clock is slow. And I don't know if it is because he doesn't see it. I think that he is so intentional and so deliberate about not turning the ball over that he does a lot of thinking before letting the ball go. That Clemson game was the first game where I saw like this dude just opening his hips up and ripping and just ripping throws. I mean, there was that touchdown to I don't know who I don't whoever the tight end was who caught that that bullet with with someone draped Rucker. all over. Yeah, with Rucker. Ruckert. I had not seen Justin Fields just rip a throw like that. Um, you don't see that often. Even the funny thing about Justin Fields is you see him make opposite hash throws with the same kind of slow, loopy delivery. You don't see him like really try to. I mean, that's when you see a quarterback really rip it is when they're throwing to the opposite hash. And Justin Fields does it, and he but he doesn't put the same hip torqued and arm torqued. It's like anyway. Um, but I I do think that he holds on to the ball too long. Uh, I watched Jamie Newman earlier this year, and you would see Jamie Newman have the ball in the seventh second. Uh, uh, after dropping back in, you know, some defensive end would come tackle him like he didn't see it. And you see that with Justin Fields sometimes. You see that with Justin Fields not noticing pressure when he's a 6'3", 230-pound guy. He could have t- taken off a long time ago. Um, and there's something that always stuck with me about watching Justin Fields on QB1. He was in some game and his dad said, all right, now it's time to get your completions up. Now it's time to get your completions up. And it seems that he is very intentional about his completion percentage. We've seen, I mean, Brandon Whedon set the record for a completion percentage um, one season. And all I'm saying is, is that I think you're, you're with Justin Fields, he might exist on the Alex Smith spectrum, where this is a player who um, who's talented, who could run, who can do all of that stuff, but he might not be as exciting as some think at the next level because he just doesn't have the gunslinger mentality. We saw it against Clemson this year, but where was it elsewhere? Um, But you can, you can come back at me if you want to. I'm ready. Yeah. Whenever you're done. So I, I will say you're blaming a guy for being in a or on a team that is much better than almost every team he plays every single week 
every year that he's been there. He's had maybe a couple games where he's played defenses that are up to his level of talent. When you have an offensive line that he has, you can hold on to the ball as long as you can. Does he hold on to the ball? Yes. I mean, we haven't even gotten to my breakdown yet, but that is one of my biggest cons on him. It's also something I think you can get coached out of him. It's also something I don't think he does just to get his completions up. Said he doesn't have a gunslinger mentality and he's afraid to turn the ball over. Man, there's one really damn good quarterback who does the same thing named Aaron Rodgers up there in Green Bay. I mean, I'm sorry, but if that dude is up there and he doesn't want to turn the ball over and he's having a Hall of Fame career that he has, I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be a Hall of Famer, but you can't tell me those quarterbacks don't work out. Aaron Rodgers has been pretty damn good for the Green Bay Packers. He holds on to the ball too long. I'm not going to argue with you on that, but I also don't think that's all him. Some of that is that offense. We've talked about it many times on the Debbie Debate podcast. You go back and look at his game film this year. One of the best games he had was that Michigan State Spartans game. Why? Ryan Day was not there. It was all Justin Fields, do whatever you want. The past two years, they've said they don't want him running the ball. They want to prove that he's a pocket quarterback. There are times you watch his film, and I don't know how many games Austin's watched of him, so maybe he can tell you this. I'm almost positive we've talked about this, but there are times where it looks like he wants to run, and he doesn't. He almost physically stops himself and just continues to stand there in the pocket and then look for that play downfield. Does he have a little bit slower motion when throwing? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, honestly, Russell Wilson, which is why I compare him to that. I don't think he's Russell Wilson, but that's kind of what it reminds me of when he winds up for some of those big throws. Last thing I'll say on him is, I think I'm not comparing him to this player because I think he's better, but for me, when I when I scout quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, I, I scout traits. I'm not scouting what they really do on the field who they play. I don't care who Zach Wilson's played shitty competition. You watch what he does on the field, you see he's got the traits to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, does he able to put up better numbers sometimes playing that shitty competition? Yeah, but I honestly think if he would have played Clemson in a playoff game, maybe he wouldn't have done what Justin Fields did this year. Probably would have done something close to what Justin Fields did last year, and that was still a pretty damn good game. What Justin Fields does reminds me a lot of what everybody knocked Justin Herbert for the year prior. Uh, well, he makes a good play. He makes a few plays here and there, and they don't really have to rely on him that much. And he's got a good arm. He shows it here and there. He shows his legs here and there, but he just doesn't ever do it that much. He doesn't have that signature moment. Justin Fields has the talent these skills to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I don't think we've had a chance to see that because of Ohio state's offense limiting him and him trying to be something that maybe he's not at Ohio state. Go ahead, Austin. Austin, Cause I feel like you haven't talked at all. Jump in here. I, um, I actually don't have Zach Wilson as my third quarterback or my second quarterback. I I know we've talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, I have him QB four and it's mostly because I don't know how much, like, I, I don't know how sustainable his gunslinging is. We don't really have a gunslinger quarterback in the NFL. Right. Well, scratch that. We have one gunslinger quarterback that's high end in the NFL right now, in my opinion, it's Patrick Mahomes. And it almost like that guy could succeed like stylistically any way he wanted. He's just so darn good that like, it doesn't really matter. So I guess if you have to classify him as something, you can call him a gunslinger, but I don't know if that's necessarily 100% accurate. So I'm just not sure how how well Zach Wilson's uh, game is going to translate. I don't think he quite has the pure rushing upside. Like I think he's probably the best scrambler in the backfield of the three that we've talked about tonight. But I think as a rusher, he's probably the worst of the three. And so I don't think he gives you quite that upside that those other guys 
potentially will in the NFL. And I think the, and I think Trey Lance does. And so that's why I have, I have Trey Lance just one spot above Wilson. I, I think Wilson's ceiling and Matt said it best is like a QB 13 to 16. Like my, my, whenever I give like a, like I, I have Zach Wilson with a very similar grade to what I had Justin Herbert coming out and Justin Herbert has exceeded every single expectation I've had in like a year, but I gave them very high tier two rankings from you, which means I think they'll be a high end QB two for the majority of their career. So when I think of that guy, I think of that's like a Matt Stafford level career. And that's a very good career for fantasy. But I think Justin Fields has that Russell Wilson type upside that I just don't I don't see it there with Wilson. But I like Wilson. I mean, I think he's a very good player. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields. Now we get to talk about the best quarterback in this class in Justin Fields. 6'3", 228, five-star prospect, as, as Austin mentioned earlier with, with Trevor Lawrence. Those, I think those two are going to be connected throughout their entire careers now. Have been all through high school, college. They're going to be in the NFL as well. Uh, since we've kind of already gone a little bit long here, I'll try to limit this very quickly. So, had a phenomenal 2019 year. I know Felix tried to get his little shot in about him not playing in 2018. When you have a dumb coach, oh, you know, like the Utah Utes who didn't even recruit Zach Wilson, you have a dumb coach like Kirby Smart who thinks Jake from, from State Farm there is better than Justin Fields. I mean, you can't hold that against Justin Fields. He was promised a chance to compete at that job. He never got the chance. It's why he transferred out, goes to Ohio State. Clearly, we saw within, I would say, two games of his career at Ohio State, he was a better quarterback than Jake Fromm. I think if you were to get Kirby Smart drunk one night and ask him, he'd honestly admit he made the wrong decision in letting Justin Fields go and keeping Jake from. For me, his biggest pros, uh, his accuracy, I think he does have the ability to throw strikes to all levels of the field, whether it's the opposite hash down the field. We saw it in the Clemson game. You've seen it in a lot of games, and a lot of it does come from the fact what we were just talking about is he does get to hold the ball a little bit too a little bit longer because of that offensive line. So he's able to hit those strikes to mostly Chris Olave the past two years deep down the field. The one that sticks in my mind, obviously the most recent, the one in the Clemson game where again, literally a, a series before getting cracked in the ribs by I don't remember the name, but they're very good linebacker, uh Clemson. And then he comes out uh, right after halftime and throws an absolute dart to Chris Olave. It's like 60 yards down the field, right in stride, perfect throw. I mean, it, it gets if I was a woman, I'd say it gets me wet watching that throw. It's it's exciting. I mean, it's just it is just goddamn sexy watching that throw. Arm strength, he's got plenty of juice, get his gets the ball and anywhere, effortlessly spins the deep shots down the field. Velocity on the move, which I think is very good for him as well. I love the way when he gets outside of the pocket, he squares his hips and throws the ball. And it's almost perfect every single time. I think that's huge and a key when you go into the NFL. You can't just throw it off platform, which I do think Zach Wilson does at times. He he throws off platform when he gets off. And again, it's sexy throws, a lot like Patrick Mahomes. What I like about Justin Fields, he can be running to his left and somehow finds a way to square himself and throw a perfect strike. It's absolutely beautiful mobility. Austin just mentioned, I agree. I think he is the most mobile in this entire class, maybe outside of Trey Lance. Trey Lance is the one I think could be better than him. And I said it on the Debbie debate draft profile. I think Trey Lance does have the highest ceiling. If he can become get with the right quarterback coach, and I, I think he could honestly be better than both Fields and Lawrence. And it's not easy for me to admit anybody's better than Fields. There's a uh, there's a real realistic a chance with that with that uh, with uh, Lance. But I think Fields' mobility in in the open field, he's extremely deadly with his runs. He is a guy that will cut you up if he's given that that chance to do it. I don't know if he'll do that in the NFL. 
we, I talked about it earlier. Ryan Day in Ohio State did not let him do that that much at, at, at in college. And I do think that hurt him a little bit because I do think that's a huge part of his game. Pocket presence and leadership. This is something that Felix has talked about uh, on earlier episodes of Debbie Debate when we've seen how he's gotten knocked down or beaten up and the way he just comes out there and, and just leads that group, puts it on his shoulders. That is something I want to see out of my quarterback. I think all three of these guys have that. They're those fearless leaders that will lead there. They grab you by the throat and say, we're going to win this game. I think he's got that. I think he has great pocket presence. He avoids rushers a lot. And that is the one thing with holding on to the ball too long. I hope they coach out of him a little bit in the NFL. Sometimes it seems like he's, he wants that contact. Like he's standing in the pocket and he sees those guys blitzing in on him. And you just see him almost like he's staring at him and tries to make a miss or because he's so big, he just takes that hit, gets him to fall off him and then goes and makes a play. You're not going to be able to do that in the NFL. When miles Garrett, JJ Watt, DeForest Buckner, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, uh, who am I? I mean, any of these big defensive linemen, when they're coming Justin Fields is not going to be able to shake those guys off, and he's not going to be able to avoid them like he was some of these defensive ends and linebackers in college. He's going to have to get rid of the ball. That is my biggest knock on him. But I think he's got all the ability in the world to be one of the best. I've said it before. I'm going to continue to say it. I know people think that it's it's me being Ohio State biased here. I think he has the highest ceiling of the quarterbacks in this draft class with Trey Lance. I think he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. I don't care where he goes. I just I believe in his talent, believe in his skill. If I've got one one in super flex drafts, nine out of ten times, seven out of ten times, I'm taking Justin Fields because I do want some shares of Trevor Lawrence. But I'm going Justin Fields almost every single time because I think he has the higher ceiling rushing and throwing the ball. And I do think everybody's sleeping on him, letting these people, you know, talk all this noise about Mac. Well, there was probably saying Mac Wilson, but Zach Wilson and all these guys are better than Justin Fields are going to regret passing up on him in their super flex leagues and grabbing those Zach Wilson's Mac Wilson, Trey Lance, when Justin Fields ends up balling out and winning rookie of the year in 2021. What's the ideal spot for him, Matt? Anywhere. I re- and I really mean that. Like, I don't care where he goes. I, and it'd be the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. If it was still the Jets, I truly believe him going there. He's going to Trey. If, Trevor Lawrence were to go to the Jets, I would not have any questions about it. But he's going to make Denzel Mims an all-star. He's going to make whatever running back or wide receiver they draft an all-star. I think the same thing about Fields. Uh, you know, just saying Detroit because a lot of people are mocking him there. If they bring back Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay is going to go back to being a wide receiver one. DeAndre Swift is going to eat in that offense, having a, run, a quarterback like Justin Fields there who can also run the ball. I have no doubt wherever he goes, he's going to raise the floor of all the players around him, and he himself is going to be a quarterback one from day one in the NFL. We can't have too many Ohio State players in Detroit with Taylor Decker and Jeff Okuda and then Justin Fields. Uh, Detroit but. Buckeyes, it's got a beautiful ring to it. Beautiful ring to it. Anything else before we sign off, gentlemen? Do you? I just have one quick question because it's a note that I have here, but I haven't. I probably haven't watched as much Justin Fields as you have. Do you think? Like, I think he's really good rolling to his right, but I think he really struggles rolling to his left. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? I don't. It's a weird thing to ask, but I, it's just like a nitpick that I have in his his stuff because so that's what's separating some of these top guys in this class because they're all yeah. so good, you know. Well, yeah, you when you I like what I think you said it about Trevor Lawrence. Like you're you're not it's you're trying to find like the one thing, right? You're trying to find a weakness. If you want to say that's a weakness, yes, 
But I also think you could say the same thing about Lawrence, if I'm being fair. Like, I know everybody got all excited about his camp video and shorts throwing against air, but I mean, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, I don't, the only one I think is really good behind the line of scrimmage, like you just said earlier, was Zach Wilson. For whatever reason, Zach Wilson, he brings a lot of that Mahomes controlled chaos in the backfield, if that makes sense, where he, he runs around a lot back there and he seems fine with all. He seems to complete these off-platform throws, which I don't know. I agree. I don't know if that's going to work in the NFL. If it does, then he's going to have the ceiling that Felix is talking about. But I, I do think when he rolls to the left in fields, I do think that he still almost every time squares himself and still makes a really good throw. So I, I don't know if I would say he struggles going to his left uh, because I still every time I watched him, I felt like he still squared himself in a very good way and completed a very good pass. Fair enough. I, I think Lawrence is good rolling to his left personally. So that's just why I asked. Cause I, as one thing that stood out to me, I was like, Oh shit, this kid, this dude moves pretty well going to his left like that. Um, that's not something you see every day. Well, this is what round four or five of the Justin Fields, uh, debate. We got to go to the scorecards. We will be able to go to the scorecards once the season starts and we you know, see landing spots for these guys. I'm sure that this is a conversation. This class overall is is we're going to be talking about it uh, for a long time, and hopefully the Debbie debate will be here um, uh, as we see these players develop, and we'll continue to talk about them. That's going to be our show for tonight. You can hit us up at the Debbie debate on Twitter, Debbie debate at gmail dot com, and we will see you Wednesday evening nine thirty Eastern Standard Time. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama. Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. For the freshman. He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards. <laughs>